Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, uh, and welcome to Stalking Time for the Moon Boys. We that's myself and Tim Hinks. Hello, Tim. Hi, David. Uh, have moved from where we were. We were at the headquarters of Tim's company, Expectation Entertainment, which those of you who listen to the podcast will know is a oh, extremely hot and happening uh, television production company. Uh, but what it didn't have was a room that was acoustically suitable for a podcast. Uh, so episode one was a bit echoey, wasn't it? It was a bit echoey. Yeah, it's a bit um, echoey. Considering it's, it, it, it's about a sonic genius, this podcast, that seems stupid of us. We're assuming someone other, other than us has listened to this, but yeah. if you have listened to it, you'd have noticed it was a bit echoey. It's a bit echoey. So we've moved to, well, I'm going to tell you who it is. It's Peter Fincham, who is the co-owner of Expectation Entertainment. His shed, uh, which sounds a bit bleak, but actually it's an incredible shed. And I mention it because uh, he's very interested in music, the owner of this shed, and so it's a very appropriate place to do it. The whole, there's instruments everywhere. The ceiling is covered in old melody makers from the 1970s. In fact, I can see a thing that says, covered in melody makers saying, glam rock is dead, says Mark. Uh, and I can't see one saying Mark is dead, but I assume there's one there, somewhere later on. There's also, uh, I've got in my eye line, the new Musical Express behind you, which says, has a massive... Uh, Headline saying, Lindisfarne breaking up, question mark. <laughs> Which I'd have had an exclamation mark. Also, I don't know, you tell us. <laughs> like, surely in the article. Just the idea that that is news. <laughs> Lindisfarne breaking up. Front is that page. before or after Fog on the Tyne? <laughs> it's I wonder. I'm going to go for one last one over there, and I've noticed, which says Dylan Zapp's Japs, which I think now would be considered to be a little bit racist. Meaning that he was very successful tour in Japan. Is you that what it means? Dylan, didn't he play the Budokan at yes. one point, and that was maybe a live album or something? I can tell you about that. Because, okay, good. Well, only in the sense that when, um, in the 1980s, when I was buying records, I remember going on my bike to the local shop which was called which is in a place called Billingshurst near mm. where I lived just in a village in, or a little town in West Sussex right and you basically bought your records in the same place you bought your sports kit as this shop did you Jim yeah well I did <laughs> actually come, I was the only odd. person that did because I used to buy my sports kit at a place called Dollis Hill Sports no? and try it, as I might there was no music in not there. in our price <laughs> God, you're mad so I so Jim Hills in Billingshurst yeah. sold sports kit and records and I... It's a niche market. I knew, I knew that Bob Dylan was pretty cool and everything. And so I, they had this double album in there, Bob Dylan at the Budokan, or Dylan, I think it's called, yeah, Bob Dylan at the Budokan. And uh, it's a pretty famous album, right? Yeah, Dylan I being, think so. 
But it's honestly absolutely terrible. Yeah. Unless you're really, really, really into Dylan, which yeah. at 15 I wasn't. When I was a teenager, I had something called the Enemy Encyclopedia of Rock. And before I sort of knew all the greats of rock, I hadn't really got enough money to buy their records or properly listen to them, I had read it all. So I was under the impression that Bob Dylan, because it was sort of the early 70s that that was written in, was like the most amazing thing ever. Uh, and that Highway 61 Revisited was clearly the best album ever. Yeah. Um, and I, read, I got it. I was really, really excited. I just, I just thought, what is this utter shit? Yes. <laughs> when I first heard it. I now think it is a great album and I, I like it. But the first time I heard it, I just thought, yeah. well, clearly he can't sing, right? Secondly, the songs are just sort of droning on. Yes. Uh, and, and he can't, you know, it's like the, his voice and everything about it at the time, I just wasn't prepared for it. I, I, I've never got the, um, I think there's some of the shocks you get when you're that young and you think you're about to discover something and you get knocked yeah. back. Uh, it's surprising you come back for them. But I think Dylan's a much harder play. But I, I, NME, let me just say this, uh, to bring it onto Bowie, if mm. you wish. I discovered something the other day, which I don't know if you know the answer. Let me check, check, check this out with you. So the NME did the top, I think, 70 Bowie songs of all time. Have you seen that list? Did it quite recently? Uh, uh, not so, that particular. I've seen lists like okay. many times. So it's... So it's quite extraordinary. Not only does it have quite a lot of new stuff in it, new as in post-1981, if we can agree on yeah, the definition new. of new for both. That is new. It's got, so it's got Life on Mars as number one and five. Okay. We can all decide, yeah. And a lot of familiar stuff. But number five, Yeah. so according to the NME, the fifth best Bowie song of all time. Do you want to have a guess what that is? And it's, what, an, an unusual one? Well, it's pretty unusual, but it's up. It, you know, it's got Ziggy Stardust, it's got um, Life how on new, Mars. How new are we talking uh, well, I suppose not that new, but it's definitely so. Absolute okay. beginners. No, I'd be happy with that. It's in, yeah, so would in, I. in the eighties. It's an eighties song. Right, so I think you're saying it's one that you would not agree with. Definitely. Well, I definitely don't think it's the fifth best song he ever wrote okay. because it's not on one of the great albums. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's not. Uh, is it from tonight? Is it from it, it's, Black you know Tie White Noise? No, I think it's from tonight, or it might be. Oh, Blue Jean, is it? No. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you because that would be good. Um, uh, you know, even um, your Modern Love would be good, right? Any of those yeah, would yeah. be great. No, this is Loving the Alien. Oh, Loving the Alien. Yeah. That's not the fifth best Bowie well, song. Well, except, it? well, I don't think so either, but he did always play it latterly. Yes. I, when I saw Bowie a couple of times in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, I, I did always think, oh, he's playing Loving the Alien now. Oh, okay, yes. well, I'll just listen to this one and then in a minute he'll play something else. Uh, but yeah, that seems to be one of those songs that it, you know, in a parallel universe was agreed to be a great Bowie yeah. song. Uh, but I don't understand I, I don't think it's the fifth best one. He got hung up on that. The two other songs he got hung up on, which I've never been that convinced by. Bowie did? Yeah. Or, or the enemy did? Um, maybe I don't think Enemy had them in right. their chart, but Bowie did in the same way that he's obviously loved loving the. I'm Aliens. afraid of Americans. He often played. I don't, okay. Oh, he often played that. Well, I was going to. So the two that he he fixates at one is Knock on Wood, right. which he plays a lot in the 70s, particularly around the young. Plays it live it's a lot. It's on David Live. David Live. I quite like it. Do you? I I always find it's not. Quite, it doesn't quite do his voice. I mean, it's not quite. Doesn't quite well, gel well, for that me. Brings it, us onto the whole issue of David Bowie and covers. Uh, which we can, which in fact, should we, yes. should we, well, let yeah, me yeah. tell me what the other song is. John, I'm only dancing. Oh, I like John, I'm only dancing. Oh, uh, you don't like John, I'm only dancing? He did a lot of versions of it. I don't know why. Right. Well, there's the weird second version of yeah. it. Yeah, there's is a disco strange. version. There's about three or four versions, and he seemed to be fixated on that I song. I do like John, I'm only dancing. It's yeah, such I'll a weird and extraordinary yes. song. Yes. But yeah, but knock on wood brings us on to what we were meant to be mm. talking about about 20 minutes ago, uh, which is the issue of Bowie and covers. Now, Bowie did do a number of covers, including obviously pinups. 
which is an album that I've never really got on with, uh, to be honest. I, and and put more covers on, on, on his albums than you might think for such a great songwriter. For considering that Bowie was one of the greatest songwriters of all time, yes. and particularly in the in the golden period, yes. was such a great songwriter that he would write a song like all the young dudes and just think, oh, I'll give this someone else. You know, it's not that good. I'll give it to Mott the Bloody Hoople, which is absolutely extraordinary. But pulled his eyebrows out in anger that they'd got to number one with it or done more with it. He said that. He said he was so upset, having said that, that Mott the Hoople made such a big deal of it that he said in on the VH1 storytelling thing, he said, I pulled my eyebrows out. So he must have thought it was a bit shit. I think That implies this isn't that good. I'll give it to Ian Hunter and his ragtag bag yes. strange men. And then thought, oh, no, clearly I, I, mis- I underestimated my own song, he must have thought. It's also a rare example to what you're saying. Of a great I, Bowie cover. Right, of, yes. a, of better than the original. Yeah, it's a Mott the Hoople's version of... I hadn't even thought of that. That's true. Mott the Hoople's version of... I don't the think there's another... But is that a cover? Because that's the original. Well, it's a Bowie... So a Bowie-written song, I yeah. take your point. A song that Bowie wrote, someone else is covering... Yeah. Uh, but I, it, I think they do. What he he always ruins it with that sax line. So well, he, his version, he, yeah, he plays these this this sort of sax line, which I think is really what's jarring. It what's it on? So he does it on. That's a good question. Certainly, it's live. Yeah, live. Um, I've heard it. I don't think it's on any album. I don't though. know if it's on an album. Yeah. Uh, but but it but it, it's no. It is on an album. There is, is it? There, yes. Somewhere. Which album? I think it might be on. Something like out. I think it might be on the extras on something like on Young Americans. Oh, no, no. Young Americans. <laughs> I'd be honest if it's on the outside. The drum and bass version of it. But as you heard at the start of this podcast, uh, there's the issue of Bowie and covers. There's also the issue of other people covering Bowie. And uh, we started talking at the end of the last podcast about whether or not any other group, any other artist had ever covered Bowie successfully. And as you heard at the start of this podcast, we played a bit of music, which is actually Tim's Pitch for a Bowie cover that he thinks is good. And it was the slightly obscure song, Chant of the Ever-Circling Skeletal Family, from Diamond Dogs. And he played it to me. Uh, and let's, let's just hear it again very briefly. The question is, who is that for me? I don't know. And I'm going to... Well... My first guess was Bauhaus, partly because Bauhaus did a lot of Bowie covers and they all tend to be quite grungy. It sounds a bit like The Fall, but I don't think The Fall would have done a Bowie cover. That's too mainstream for The Fall. So I'm going to go for Bauhaus. Is um, it wrong? Both good guesses. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not. It's neither of those. Right. Um, just pausing to, to think go. that... The, you want to give me a clue? Yeah, I was only saying the ba- I remember the Bauhaus Ziggy Stardust yeah. cover, which was... And they didn't just do Ziggy Stardust. I think they did another one, right. Suffragette City or something. It's really quite weak. If you oh, hear, it. I don't oh, think I you don't last like heard it. that. I heard yeah. it very recently. Yeah, I was driving back from somewhere. I was listening to Radio Six, and they played it. Like, and this is someone said, the DJ. They said, "I prefer it to the original." Oh, for God's sake! I mean, literally, I nearly pulled over and put my head in my hands. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I mean, that's a ridiculous thing to say about Ziggy Stardust. Of it's all not things. so good a story when you said, and I carried on driving. I just that's ca- what I, happened. I carried on driving. <laughs> you know, I had something to get to, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I've got a life to live. So I wasn't able to do it's that. It's really but I was. I did feel very upset for a second. Well, I think it's such an inane thing to say from whoever said it. Yeah. Because um, it's, we're talking about covers of Bowie, and I think they're really, really hard things to pull off, right? Yeah. But it's rare... To have, I mean, it's so weak that song. Well, the other problem, the other problem with that is, 
that particular version is, it is just Ziggy Stardust, not yes. done as well. They don't do anything with it that's any different. Anyway, who is this? You're going to have to so tell this me. So this, um, this is the wedding present. Oh, yeah, of course it's the wedding mm. present. Of course. Probably if I'd listened to it a bit more, mm. I might have got it. Uh, and they are like The Fall. They're very like The Fall. They're very like The Fall, which I think The Fall was close. I think that um, they've done the right thing, haven't they? They've chosen quite an obscure song yes. for most people's taste, so most yes. people well, didn't. that's similar to this one. I'm You've now going to play I've got one, and I think this is a really good okay. Bowie cover, but I would be very impressed if you get who this is. Let's start with the song. You know the song? Yeah, the song's off Heroes. It's Repetition, is it? It's not off Heroes. Oh, sorry. It's off Lodger. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's Repetition. It is Repetition. Yeah. <laughs> As he's saying it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. That has got all the ingredients of a good cover, isn't it? Because it's just it's different. It's, it's rare. A I think it's a brilliant cover. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. That may help, although you yeah. need to talk about the band. What yeah. is Repetition about? Was well, about domestic violence. Yes, it's about domestic abuse. Yeah. Uh, and so therefore... Is it S-Club 7? <laughs> Close. Uh, it's a, a band that, as you can hear, it's got a female singer, that might have chosen this song particularly because it suited their brand, as it were, or their politics or Ooh. whatever. Uh, what, but what? you have to know quite a lot about, about early right. 80s new wave bands. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean... I mean, this is where I... I mean, I struggle in the early 80s New Year band. For example, I can't tell whether Gang of Four, for example, had a female singer. I literally okay, don't know. right. Well, now, it's very interesting you say that. Because uh, you may you, do, you don't know this about me. I was the best man at the, at the uh, guitarist of Gang of Four, Andy Gill's oh, wedding. Uh, I so, so I know very much that they don't have uh, a female singer. Uh, in fact, they've had various singers, but never a, a female singer. Was, uh, there, was there like... But yeah. what I do know... And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I'm going to say it anyway. Andy once shagged the lead singer of this band. Oh, my the, God. The band that sung rap- Repetition. Well, because I was going to... I was going to... At that wedding, was there a lot, lot of, like, early 80s, new wave royalty? You know, was it... Who else No, was... it was quite late, late. I didn't get married okay. in the early oh, right. 80s, because I would have been very young to be his best man in the early 80s. Uh, no, it was sort of early 2000s. What there was was Paulie Yates was there, uh, okay. sadly. Uh, and quite a lot of other people liked that. Well, you didn't that. like her? <laughs> No, sadly, because she's dead now. Right. right. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I, she right. was very nice. Uh, but I... Um, <laughs> there's a picture of me some uh, recently. Anyway, never mind about that. The point is that that is a strange thing for you to go to, but they are very much in the same world as Gang of Four. Yes. But you're saying you don't know that world. So no, maybe... I don't know that world very well. Um... Do you have a housekeeper? Uh, of any sort. We have a nanny for yes. our children. Is that okay. what you're... Yeah. What would you, in the old days, if it was the 70s, what might you call that person? Uh, what, like, maid? Like, close. Uh, Getting close. Ma- ma- 70s. Think 70s. What would they call uh, them? I mean, they probably still help? are. Help? No. Oh. <laughs> they still are called this, I think, but not so often. It's, right. a, it's quite um, a 70s word. Uh, it's French. Uh, uh, <laughs> a French word a French for someone word. who helps out in your house. Yes. Like, domestic, uh, like yes. a domestic what word. is it? <laughs> I, I think I think I can't tell you now because no, you're no, don't so tell close. Me. Don't tell me. Um, is it sound a bit like maid? No, no, it's French. 
Right, but there are words in French that <laughs> they sound They often bit... come from, like, Australia. They don't come from France. Oh, they come from um, places like Australia. Au pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the au pairs. <laughs> well, au pairs. In fact, not the. Just to be very specific, <laughs> au pairs were never called the. Oh, but that's the band annoying when bands are called do that. au pairs. Yeah, it's like the lightning seeds are not the lightning seeds. They're Is that right? just lightning seeds, yeah. This is sorry, it's weird because you always want to say the. But anyway, Au Pairs right. um, are the band who did Repetition and they were a very feminist band. Right, right, and right. And so it's obviously a sort of correct yeah. cover. Uh, and I got le- there much more quickly than I thought I would. Yeah, God, yeah. blimey, yeah. Like, like lightning. It was yeah. amazing. How am I going to uh, fill the time now? <laughs> but, but Leslie, I, think, well, I can't remember her surname, uh, who's the lead singer and who I've uh, revealed something about, but I think it's okay. Mm. Uh, she is now a human rights lawyer. Okay. And she's on Twitter. Uh, and in the weird way of Twitter, I tweeted, tweeted her the other day to say how brilliant the OPEs were. The OPEs were absolutely fantastic. Is that right? It never got any kind of, yeah, proper recognition, sadly. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she, that's what she does now. But I bring that out because I want to move on to something. Do you uh, unless, hear... you have, unless you have another cover to tell me. Well, well, I was actually going to say, do you want to hear how Bowie ruins all the young dudes? Are you interested in that? I'm interested. I, I don't know if I will agree that he ruins all the young dudes, but well, let, let's hear it. Um, I've got two things for you. Okay. One is how I agree Bowie didn't ruin all the young dudes. He wrote it. <laughs> he wrote so, it after all. So, yeah. so and, I, and I'm always mindful where every time we talk about Bowie, when we say things that fans might think of as a bit negative, yeah. we do it out of massive love for him. And, yeah. and so, we, we, so we, I, that, Once again, we may as well establish this, uh, that we are going to occasionally make fun of uh, Bowie. Uh, that's all done in the spirit of thinking he was the greatest person who ever lived. Exactly. Bigger than Jesus. Um, without mean, doubt. Jewish, so there's no reason why Jesus should figure right. out much, except that he was Jewish, of course. He, Jesus was. Jesus yeah, was, yeah. not Bowie. Well, now we get to the real point of this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, this is, so it doesn't ruin all the young dudes, but if you listen to... Uh, so I'm going to play you all the young dudes. The bit that I think really d- jars and just doesn't work is when he puts his saxophone under the chorus, right. all the young dudes. Right. And it's just... It's just takes away some something kind of really... The saxophones come in. Bruce is so much has reduced you to complete inarticulacy. <laughs> so the, upset about it. The saxophones come in on this song and I think make it a bit shit. OK. I TV when I've got T-Rex you See, I don't agree. It really annoys me. I don't agree. When is I want? I need to know when this was. I re, I don't know, and I feel as you know the uh, co-host of a Bowie podcast. I should know. Yeah. But so I, when was that? Well, that doesn't sound live to me. It's not live. So no, what's that, it from? So that is off the web. I found it on Spotify on an album called Legacy, which is the very best yeah. of Bowie. I think what's it, it originally from? Yeah, I don't know. I think it could have been a B-side. Yeah, it, maybe it's a it B-side. Never, I think like, it might be a B-side of John. I'm only dancing. Possibly, or which was itself that is a B-side. Oh, That's a yeah. weird. So it was a C and D side. It's amazing. <laughs> it was like a cube. It was an invisible record. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a B-side of Gene Genie. It? You could be John right. John Armand Dancing. Yeah, so yeah. It, I think it's a piece of... But for me, he takes away no, well, I'll tell you why I need, I'll tell you why I need to know. Why I need to know is I think that sounds like it's a bit influenced by Roxy Music. Because Roxy Music with... Uh, who was it? Phil Manzanera? Yes. Was it? Uh, yep. Was he the... No, it was not Phil Manzanera. What, what do you mean guitarist. on sax? On sax, it's uh, someone Mackay, Andy Mackay. Roxy right. Music. Anyway, they had that thing on Virginia Plain and whatever of, of like overlaying sax slightly discordantly with everything, and I like that when they do it. And I think Bowie might be being influenced by that there. 
it, it, obviously they were influenced by him, but you know that cross fertilization that's quite exciting. So I quite like it. I agree. The Roxy music thing is there, but Bowie's always had a thing about saxophones, and he plays the saxophone. Oh, yeah, he likes saxophone. He likes the saxophone. He plays it a lot on Diamond Dogs and stuff. But I don't completely agree that saxophone is always uncool, except when David Bowie plays it, because I think it's quite cool on. When what? Roxy Music use it. Oh, and when Roxy Music, yes. In an art house kind of, and, yeah. And there is a song by the Motels called uh, Total Control, uh, in which there's a saxophone solo. Actually, you know what? The saxophone solo on Total Control is a bit shit by the I Motels. I like the song apart from that, so maybe you're right. I heard, I can in a counter-argument to myself, um, I heard Baker Street oh, yes. without the sax on it yes, and that's um, not gonna years work, ago. I mean, that's, and what's the point? It's really... I mean, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an analogy for that. It's uh, like having. I think it's like having sax on all the young dudes. I think do that's you? the yeah. I don't think it's like that. Right. I think that you know what that is. That's a really shit analogy because it's not really an analogy. <laughs> an analogy is like say it's like having a jam a donut without any jam in it. That's right. an analogy, not yes. a very good one, but yeah. it's an analogy. Just yeah. say it's as bad as having sax in another <laughs> song. That's not an analogy. Well, no. In a way, I was a bit clever. You didn't spot the clever level oh, I'd gone I? to because I was saying Sorry. not having it on on that is as pointless as having it on all yeah, the no, other. I understood what you were saying. Okay, it's just not just Me and Tim, you've just heard us disagreeing about Bowie, and we don't always agree about about Bowie. We don't always agree about music, but we bonded first, me and Tim, over something that. Uh, was to do with finding a talking point about Bowie that I think we might bring up now and see if we got any closer to knowing what the answer to this question is. So we'd only just really met, and then we were having lunch, and uh, he, we brought up whether or not Where Are We Now, the song that Bowie released suddenly and surprised everyone just before the next day came out. We both agree that is a really good song. And I was saying that I thought one of the most amazing things about Bowie is that of all the really great pop artists, he's the only one who, when he was past his best, still did amazing songs. I, I would say, and that's, people will disagree with this, but I'm going to say it, that all the great, great pop artists, Paul McCartney, Elton John, Neil Young, blah, 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 Joni Mitchell, people I really love, they had their golden period, and then once the golden period's gone, it's basically gone, you know. Uh, yeah. And But Bowie, I... Sometimes it took a while, but certainly with that song, certainly uh, with um, Everyone Says Hi, uh, and a few other songs. You like that song? Yeah, I love, song. I love yeah, Everyone yeah. Says Hi now. Uh, and, you know, and some stuff on Black Star. I think, no, actually, this is great. And here's the point, and this is what we end up discussing. This stuff could be mm. on the great albums. Mm. You could take these songs and put them on a great album from the greatest period, and you wouldn't think, "What the fuck is that song doing here?" Like, for example, if I was to take you're a big fan of Paul McCartney, so I don't know, but imagine if the Frog Chorus. I'm choosing a bad example. That's such a, that's, that's <laughs> that's such a go-to example. I know, I know. That's because I don't know enough about yeah. solo Paul McCartney. But name me a song from, say, Flaming Pie that's shit. Oh, I was going to name one that was good, which okay. is Flaming Pie itself. Oh, is that good? But I, I honestly think that McCartney, in a similar way, but he doesn't have the artist thing that Bowie mm. has, so he's never cool. He's, yeah. he's an entertainer, not an artist. He's written, he wrote some songs. I mean, er, early on, maybe this is not you know too near the Beatles, but obviously maybe I'm amazed there's a Paul McCartney song that could no, be that, on any... No, that's brilliant. Any, any, no, that's but, only brilliant. But, what I mean is something he wrote in, like, 2012. Queenie Eye. Really? 
well, that's really? I just thought saying that with conviction, mate, get it through. Um, but it's okay. not I a thought bad... you might just be saying that you had a problem <laughs> that you need to go to the doctor. No, it's you that's got the problem. I was tr- hoping no one heard. Okay. You've still got that queenie eye thing. Um, the, uh, the the point about like n- when McCartney does new, there's an album called New about five right. years ago. That's that's got some really good songs on it. Early okay. days. For okay, example. so you would argue that I'm wrong and that Paul McCartney did in fact still do great work after after his golden. I would I would period. say that, but I think because we're more in love with Bowie, and because Bowie was so cool mm. and had an, a golden period. Of course, the Beatles had, but he had this golden period as an artist as well as just writing great songs. And we've mm. talked about a bit about that. Before. But I'm um, talking about the music specifically, not, right. not the attitude or whatever. Uh, Brian Wilson uh, once said about Elton John, Elton John came to Brian Wilson's studio in like 1968 or 1969 and played uh, Brian Wilson, I think, Daniel and your song. And Brian Wilson says, this is in his autobiography, which I've read and which is a fa- fantastic piece of work, mainly for the mental shit that Brian did. But this is an interesting bit. He says that he knew then uh, about Elton that he was tapped into the golden source. And he says rather mournfully, I knew it because I had been. And that's probably true about Brian Wilson by then. It had already slightly gone. And that idea of being tapped into the golden source Mm. of song and melody or whatever, Mm. I I very much think that's true. And And that it's normally a limited period of time. That you know, there's like five great albums or whatever, yes. and that's why I think it's fascinating that Bowie managed still to do that. So anyway, the discussion that we had, which went on for maybe two hours, was with where are we now? Would what song would we take off one of the great albums between any of the albums from say Man Who Sold the World yeah. to Scary Monsters? What um, what song would we take off uh, them uh, off the, any of those albums and put in where are we now? And think that's okay. I thought I'd found it. This is probably about 45 minutes in. I thought this could be arguably not a song, but I'm going to offer it up anyway. Mm. And it was Future Legend, mm. which is the opening of mm. Diamond Dogs. And then, well, let's play that. Yes. Shall we play that? And then, uh, But then I think, I would say this is the moment uh, that we really became friends. 10,000 peoploids split into small tribes, covered in the highest of the sterile skyscrapers like... Packs of dogs assaulting the glass fronts of Lovney Avenue, ripping a re-wrapping mink and shiny silver fronts. Now leghorns, family badge of sapphire and crack them on. now, the gear of the diamond dogs. I put that to the table, and then Tim basically said, no. Because the way he says any day mm. now is the best thing ever. And Utterly. I was suddenly move to think it is he's right i felt goose pimples <laughs> on my flesh and it wasn't even bowie you saying forgot, it, it was, we were naked at the time yeah, so you forgot to mention it was, it. Yeah, it was tim hink saying it so it wasn't like you know bowie was suddenly in the room saying it <laughs> in the brilliant way that he does it was just you saying no he, the way he says any day now is the best thing ever but it is it, there's something about the way he says that it's, it's which a... is so fantastic and I think I, th- I think it's, it's a bit like when he says, "Just watch me now." At the end of Rock and Roll Star, right? Uh, yes. Um, yes. There's something where he's in complete control. Yes. And he's and this sorry, this is this is like everything in this podcast. We can go off the point, but I think when Bowie during that period is so sort of scary in some ways, yeah. and obviously cool and in control and is moving, you know, seems to be just forging into the future, sort of creating, you're, you're just in awe of him. So when he says any day now, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen any day now, but you're absolutely sure something, you know, big and life-changing But is also happening. there's something in the crack of his voice when he yes. says it. There's some. There's a sort of pain and 
defiance yeah. and it, and it's all there yeah. in that and actually spoken word I mean we talked last podcast about how much you like uh, I don't I know when to stay out I know yeah. when to stay in uh, whether or not we talked for ages about what that means but beyond that the tone of it again is absolutely great he had he had a brilliant yes. ability to talk above music well as I was listening to Future Legend uh, I noticed something about it which I hadn't spotted before for a while which is there's a reference in it to leg warmers is that correct yeah uh, I mean, we might have to listen to it again. It was literally fleeting. I thought, oh, bloody hell, he mentions leg warmers. Yes, I've, you know I've never noticed that before. Now, at one level, that's very prophetic because, of course, Diamond Dogs was 1974 and leg warmers didn't really become fashionable till eight the years, 80s. Eight years, till the eight, 80s. Yeah. So, mm. as ever, with the, like, with the internet, mm. you're a great prophet yeah. of cultural trends. But then again, in this great dystopian vision, it's slightly odd that that gets a mention. Interestingly... What does he actually say? You might have to call it out. I mean, you don't have to play the song again, but we could call up the lyrics. You know, his choreographer for Diamond Dogs was Tony Basil. What, Tony Basil's in Mickey? Yeah, who did a song in Leg Warmers, didn't she? That's what I remember about that song. She walked, yeah, well, so maybe... It's not the only thing you remember about that song, is it? Uh, what, sort of it's awful. Or, no, no, yeah. there's a very strong innuendo, is it? Is yeah, it? Where she says something like, oh, Mickey, no, Mickey, blah, 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 take me from behind. Oh, I didn't know, really? Oh, surely you know that. That's the I thing genuinely... about Mickey. When I was a kid or teenager, okay. that was so exciting. Watching her in her okay. leg warmers saying the words, take me from behind. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see I why mean, that would have a... keep me going yeah, for, yeah. for weeks. <laughs> well, that, but maybe that's what he was, you know, there was... Cause but, she, what he was imagining I mean, Tony in leg warmers, not Visconti, Basil. I, I haven't heard, I didn't hear, I don't know if we're going to hear that, but I I haven't. Hang on, can I just check it? Because I think we should up, just are check you it. Sure, you're right. Ripping a re-wrapping mink and shiny silver fronts. Now It because in the context of what is an extraordinary, because I remember that sitting opposite you at that lunch would be obviously highly insulting if I didn't remember that. Yeah, I just said, insulting. really? Did we have lunch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember talking I, I about that. I just got quite emotional and that sentimentalist. Massive... That's when we became I, friends. And, I don't remember like... that at all. Well, you paid for it. That's what I remember. <laughs> that, like, that Expectation I remember. paid for it. I I remember absolutely thinking uh, that um, it was it was such fun to talk about in the way we do, about yeah. sort of deconstructing this stuff, but also that, yeah, you were very... I mean, in a way, I'm surprised we are friends because that was such an error, which you've accepted and publicly on this uh, podcast accept, have uh, acknowledged. The, the idea that Future um, Legend is, is not a great part of it. And actually, where are we now would not fit. <laughs> Well, <laughs> as the opening of Diamond Dogs, like because beautiful though it is, no. it doesn't have the energy or the maudlin or the crackle. Exactly, of, of it is it. extraordinary reading, you know, those lyrics that you've the future legend with the shutters lifted in inches in temperance building and this incredibly rats that of course sucked on the rats the size of cats and yeah. all of that. And then as you say, now leg warmers, yeah. it almost feels like in brackets someone said, <laughs> "Well, it's like an instruction." Here's where Bowie makes a slight error, doesn't he, uh, in terms of his, uh, you know, future. Uh, looking into the future thing, which is, I think he's saying, in his dystopian vision, oh, mink and shiny silver fox and all these very expensive material mm. in this sort of awful dystopia, in this apocalypse, they're just used for warming legs. But actually, leg warmers <laughs> create a very different image, really, of something quite 80s and sort of mid-range and okay. I mean, nap, also, but not like an image of people in rags. So also, I think it just means wrapped around people's yes. legs. Also, leg warmers, which are sort of were in the eighties quite exotic, don't bear a lot of analysis, don't they? Because as you well, say, well, I'm going to check. When you say they're basically used for warming legs, it makes them seem really <laughs> not very exotic at all. No, I know. I'm just going to check if there is a go if I can Google if there's a Wikipedia entry for leg warmers to find out when they first appeared. No, leg warmers doesn't have a Wikipedia entry, which is interesting because well, I would have thought it would have a Wikipedia entry. 
huge um, cultural significance. Um, And as you say, I see what you mean. I think he's sort of saying all these things that were once valuable now are just used for warmth, right? For warmth, uh, yeah, like like they're just rags. But because he uses the phrase leg warmers, it it, it doesn't quite fit. Because if you Google leg warmers, you'll see a lot of women in dance wear. Uh, uh, exactly yeah. and he um, so that's an amazing track which you if I if I just slightly digressing bring you down to Earth of the Bump because I think he does Future Legend again no. years later well, he, well actually I know a version it, of it. it he does something very similar to it in 1999 okay and and he in does in the future he does from, <laughs> he does, from when he did it first well, it's not saying, the future now it's the past if his skill was to predict that life would keep going and he'd keep doing things, yes, I suppose that is weird and spooky that he said um, that he did something else later. But he did, got, remember Glass, obviously Glass Spider? Yeah. The well, intro to Glass Spider is like, unfortunately, a really... It's not 1999 Glass Spider, though. It's uh, 1987, isn't it? Uh, it's Glass Spider. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at the remote. It's, yeah, it's an 80s one, right? 87, I 87. think. 87 tall. He does, um, he does a sort of intro, which... Compared to, I mean, it just doesn't bear comparison. Up until one century ago, there lived in the Zaiduang province of an eastern country a glass like spider. <laughs> Having devoured its prey, it would drape the skeletons over its web in weeks, creating a macabre shrine of remains. Its web was also unique in that it had many layers, like floors of a building. So that's the beginning, uh, which is clearly fantastic. And then you go forward and you will get to the nub of it, which is the scared baby spiders. The baby spiders would get scared and search <laughs> frantically for their mother. But the glass spider... Would is there an any day now, now moment? Does it, does it resolve? I can't remember. ...somehow on their own. It's, it's oh, nearly there. The glass spider had blue eyes almost oh. like a human's. Almost like a They human. shed tears at the winter turn of the centuries. Brilliant. Here we go. Okay, I think, we, I think we're in. That's amazing. Well, then it goes into the, the song. But then it's, do you see what I mean? That's a sort that, of future legend. No, that was, I've never heard that before. Yeah. And that is actually really brilliant. Uh, it's hilarious. What was the thing you said at the start about in some province? He says that in the, I think it's Zhidang province. Zhidang province. Of an eastern what, country. China. As if you thought it was somewhere in outside <laughs> Manchester. Just to double check. It's definitely eastern. Okay, well, because what I think is, you know, with Bowie, I think, one of the fascinating things, particularly with the fact that he did do some amazing work later on, I think when you're that brilliant and you're that pushing at the boundaries of, of art and whatever, a blink of an eye, as it were, mm. a slight changing mm. of the shade, and you're doing something really, really ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and that, I think, is an example of that. I think when he was a bit lost, as I think he would agree probably he was at that point in time, and he tries to do something a bit like Future Legend, I mean, it's, it's really terrible. It's, it's terrible. Bad. And I think just the concept of a glass spider is quite poor, yeah. isn't it? Also, and then, his voice, like all the, the brilliance of his voice on Future Legend. Yes. It is, I mean, I would say he's clearly thinking, well, I'll do something a bit like that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But you can't recapture it. It's, it's partly because it's self-conscious there, I think. Yes. On Future Legend, it's not. It's ju- he's just doing it. He's in the grip of whatever... Milk and cocaine yeah. charge brilliance. He's in it, you're right. At the time. Whereas there, he's not, and he's thinking, oh, I'll do something a bit like that. Yes. And he's thinking about it, and therefore it sounds really nice. But I, I think that's at the heart of it, isn't it? Because these artists who have this, you know, very few of them have this run of brilliance like Bowie had, and at some point, they're not in it anymore. Yeah. They're sort of standing back from it, and they're rich and living in Switzerland or whatever it happens to be. And maybe that's not even important, but they're not feeling the fear. They're not... And so... That's why I think looking at those later albums, which let's say are after Let's Dance, they suddenly, even if you look at the covers of them, they suddenly, to me, I always think about, you know, in Midsummer Murders or like I don't Lewis. don't watch it that often. Right. Or Lewis. Um, but yes, or yes. Morse. Morse. Or well, I go that, for Morse rather than Lewis. Right, OK. Well, that's not really the point, <laughs> which of those you like. But um, they occasionally have an episode, don't they, where like some ex-rock star comes yeah. and he's in the village yeah. and he'll be called like, Zach Starburst or something. Oh, he's actually playing an ex-rock star. No, I mean there's an actor pretending to be a rock star oh, okay, in yes. in the in the plot. Someone's yes. been murdered, and of yes. course you slightly suspect the rock star, but it's not them. And actually they're and they're sort of a bit mad, and they've got funny hair, and and they're like what people think rock stars yeah. should be like. Well, what I was people think Bowie was what people, but, a version of. And I think that when you look at those albums, is it is it which is the one where he's got like sort of um, he's there's a shot of him head and shoulders shot, and he's got like contact lenses and his eyes are sort of um, almost shining a light like he's an alien it's real is it reality or In re- um, yeah reality but, but heathen you mean heathen is one example or although I quite like he- Earthling, I like heathen where he's wearing the sort of union yeah. jacket jacket it's like this is what rock stars do it's no longer yeah. Bowie sort of in control so, and doing something well, just, mad and just frightening just doing it just yeah. being, being so I think possibly Glass Spider is that uh, Glass Spider is uh, definitely that I actually think there's some amazing stuff on heathen and amazing stuff even on Earthling, actually, um, and I sort of quite like the the Union Jack jacket. Actually, I Do mean, I, well, it's it is a little bit naff because it's a little bit Bowie thing. This Britpop thing, that, I can do it, too. and it's ninety seven, so it's not, and that's sort yeah. of over, and that was sort of awful. For yeah, Bowie. no, I, I, I'm not having that. Mm. I sort of think it still looks kind of good, and because he's Bowie, he just about c- c- carries it off. Um, well, just to be clear, it looks brilliant, obviously, because he's Bowie. Yeah, <laughs> Again, yeah, to yeah. Remind... There's a band called the Choir Boys with a Q. Do you remember them? Uh, Very briefly vaguely. famous. And I remember once reading a review about them, saying no matter what they do, they still look like a band that of actors that have been put on to. Play right. a gig that goes wrong in the yes. Queen Vic in East Enders, there you go. Uh, and that's yeah. true. There was something uh, yes. about that band that looked like they were playing a band. Yes, like uh, punks in East Enders. And Bowie when, has that. Punks. Bowie had it's a very interesting philosophical issue that Bowie, who played many characters, and we talked about whether or not they were actually characters, but he definitely played many forms. Uh, 
ended up playing Bowie. I think listeners who have come this far with us, which may be three or four of them, uh, may want to know by now what songs yes. we, we, we feel might be able to be replaced on the great albums by Where Are We Now? Uh, and I can't remember what I said, but I'm going to go for Joe the Lion. Well, on Heroes... I yeah, think it's, I'll be honest with you, if I can say something which might be a bit heretical. Yes. Although the Great Period completely does go into the late 70s, yes. I think the Great, 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 Great Period is sort of 1969 to sort of 75, including Low, including Low. Post-Low, although there's unbelievable brilliance, obviously, on Heroes and Lodger and all the rest of them, I think you've can find songs. I mean, probably if I if I went back to Lodger, in fact, uh, I think, what's that song? Red Sails or something? I think, I think Lodger might be the easiest. Yes, Lodger I've might be the easiest. I've just noted down, because if you do it with every album, because what we were trying to do is every album, yeah. to make it really hard for yourself, particularly those golden albums. By the way, I don't, I mean, look, I don't agree. I mean, I think Lodger, Scary Monsters, Heroes are part of... as you say, Lodger, part of- Lodger, great though some of it is, you can take a song off that. I mean, I... No, I haven't got the I'm here to tell you, you can take two. Right, what are they? You can definitely take your sassin off. Your sassin, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think I've tried quite hard with your sassin. I've, I've sat down and thought, no, what, well, I don't like this. I've got, I, I know it's sort of in the Venn diagram of things that I'm supposed to automatically like, i.e. Bowie, you know, in this period, but yeah. I don't like it. It's got that reggae thing, which is sort yeah, of, I think Bowie and reggae isn't a good mix. It <laughs> no. comes in, in on the Tonight album, yeah. you know, with the Tina t- with um, literally the song Tonight, right, with Tina Turner. That's quite soft reggae. Bowie and soft reggae is not yeah, good well, Actually, ever. white people and reggae, will, 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 you know, the police, would, maybe. There's, there's early police, which is okay, uh, but I think white people and reggae in general is a bit shit. I think McCartney flirted with it, yeah, badly. always quite badly. Yeah. Eric Clapton. Um, Eric Clapton, well, I Did suppose I, shot the sheriff? I think that's the one, isn't it? I yeah, shot the sheriff. That's which, all right. Which I think sort of will, he sort of recorded it in Jamaica, which made it all right. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think... associated it with pictures of you know Virgin yes. records of Chris Blackwell and a very nice shack by the sea. And yes, on, in, so in... Assassin, that can go. Yassin can go. African Night Flight, I think. African probably Night Flight can, can definitely go. <laughs> so I think. See, I think we're slightly cheating here. I think we need, if we're really going to force ourselves to play this masochistic game, to take a song off Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust, okay, well, I'll tell it, Dogs, me... Madness of the World, you know, one of those albums. Okay, well, let me let me put it to you. Okay, so I'll give you, shall I give you, here's, here's my go at it. Okay. Okay, which, just to say, when you say, but hang on, that's a good track. Yeah. I definitely know they're good tracks. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a bit like saying to someone, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what yeah. would it be? And they say, bangers and mash. And then you say, wouldn't that be a bit boring? <laughs> and, think, well, and not very healthy. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. You'd get bored of that. When you want something else, yes, yeah. but you've told me yeah. I can only eat one thing. No, I understand. So, the parameters are established. Okay, parameters established. Um, that's an album yet to be recorded, but it sounds good. <laughs> so, Man Who Sold the World, really hard on that one, I think. Very Really hard. charming album. You're, you're really in love with that album, aren't you, if you like it? Sort yeah. of thing. Have you got all the tracks there? I haven't got all the tracks, but... Okay. Um, but I mean, on the world up. off the top of my head. Oh, Superman. Yeah, I think that's a good track. Do you know what I well, went for? We should just say they're all good tracks. Don't <laughs> say that again. No, sorry, I think that's a good call. Right. Because I went for, so I, I haven't got the tracks, but I'll get them up. Um, Saviour Machine. Saviour Machine. I thought just, you were Saviour Machine. I like Saviour Machine. I like it. No, I like we it. We all like it. <laughs> that's yeah. the point. Yeah. I like the track. I love it. But I, but but you know what? Superman might be, he loved Superman, didn't he? He played Did it he? a lot. Yeah, I just he played it a lot in those days. He played it on the BBC sessions. He played it live on the Ziggy Stardust See, Man of the World is a slightly underrated album, actually. People... So I don't include oh, it. I think, I, it's I, terrific, yeah. I think all the Madmen is one of his greatest songs ever. I mean, it's un, yeah. I mean, and we've talked about this possibly yeah. about how the spoken word bit on that is a bit absurd because uh, he talks about gravy, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, what does he say? Well, no, on a um, nation that keeps its gravy. No, no. Um, um, 
That's <laughs> got the little girl going, can I keep it? Yeah, but what's the bit about gravy? Um, and where does a nation hide its organic... Mi- organic should, growth. Should, is, is, uh, where is the like, bit about gravy? <laughs> no, that's on Beaulieu Brothers. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I think we should maybe do one of these a week. Uh, like we, you know, It's a kind of Big Brother thing, and you'll know this as someone who... Uh, people don't maybe realise this about Tim, but he produced Big Brother, uh, went on to ex- exec produce it and all sorts of things. So I think it's a bit like that. It's like one member of this album uh, has to be ejected. Oh, it's, it's like an eviction. Yeah, it's an eviction yeah. of uh, a great song from yes. a great album. So it's like the golden years of Big Brother. Yes. So it's like when Big Brother was brilliant. Yes, so and, then, like, and another like, thing people might not know is just like the evictions in Big Brother, it's basically you and I deciding who goes, <laughs> yeah, which I don't think yeah. people... People don't realise that. I always no. said we should probably never say that, but yeah. there, it's out now. No, it's out now, yeah. 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 So... Uh, so we'll do one. We'll do one of those per podcast for the great albums, uh, and so I think the uh, housemates, as it were, that were up for eviction. Hang on, were what were they? They were saving. We had saving machine, machine, Superman, and was there one other? There's um, normally three on Big Brother. Well, it depends because we we can run evictions how we like. You can have all of them up for it. I mean, in a sense, they're all up for it. They're all always up for it. They but, then but it each... normally comes down to three, doesn't well, it? I think nominated. I think your metaphor, your analogy falls quite bad because each track now would have to go into a diary room and nominate yeah. the other track. Which... In a way, they've gone into our diary rooms of our souls. So right. I don't think I think it is a good. Analogy. Our souls is definitely the certainly better analogy word. than your one about the sacks earlier. Yeah. So anyway, what's going to go? Well, I I think we differ. I said it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I said it should be. Um, Saving uh, machine. machine, and, I said the and you said the Superman. Okay, and I'm thinking we're prob- like Brexit. We're probably going to need to sort of have a bit of toing and throwing here. So if I Can give we very you... quickly play each, each like, yeah. like ten seconds of each of them. The first one up for potential eviction is this. So that was That's Superman. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Everything, well, it's, 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 it's amazing, amazing. but also things about it that I had forgotten, like his voice on it is so punk. Yes. It's sort of like Johnny Rotten's yeah, voice, you're right. actually. I mean, obviously singing better, but it's sort of like no, the, the, it, the diction on it is so punk rock. It's, it's a brilliant song. He loved that song. It was very heavy, as it says itself. He'd been reading all sorts of Nietzsche and, you know, sort mm. of nihilistic, so mm. it's got an amazing atmosphere. Okay, but let's, 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 let's it's a hard compare task, it this. to Save Your Machine. The one I'm in favour of, Getting rid of I love Saving Machine. President Joe once had a dream. The world held his hand, gave their pledge, so he told them his scheme for a saviour machine. It's enough, I'm not getting rid of it. They called I, 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 th- I think we have to go to no, Running Gun Blues. Hang on, they're all brilliant songs. No, well we have to that do is it. A but song. I'm gonna just try running gun blues. Yeah, okay. okay I'm gonna play it. No, it's also brilliant. Jesus. Yeah, oh, no. Okay. The voice oh, on that is quite... He's in this upper register. I count the corpses on my left. I find I'm not so tight. No, okay. Uh, I think it's got <laughs> to be the Superman. I think the Superman, if of all of them, is the one... It's a bit, frankly, it's a little bit pompous, isn't yeah. it? It's a little bit sort of serious and full of itself. Yeah. Well, quite a lot of it is on on Mount of the World. They're all quite like you know, these yes. kind of slightly teenage, 
you know, visions. Of... He was smoking and eating a lot of dope, is what he said. Was he? He was eating hash cakes and okay. smoking it. And so it was all and quite... it's all recorded in Beckenham in the arts. Lab, I think it, it is, and it was all a bit... I don't know if... Um, Not recorded, there, but Yeah, yeah, but written there. And, yeah. and it's all a bit... Um, it's a bit serious, a bit dope serious. You know, there's not many laughs on okay. it. But... So look, we've decided... Okay, where are we now is replacing, or Man's Old World mm. is replacing the Superman. Shall we just see it out? Do we with, need like, to inform the record company about this? And no, I think, I think it's fine. I think, okay. I think let's play its best bits now. <laughs> we... Oh, look, there's some live version of it. Oh, look, I found some. Oh, look at this. That's Gail and Dorsey giving it some. What's that? What album's this? This is some YouTube live version. I think that's quite appropriate because it's a slightly shit version. So. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a mess, isn't it? But, okay, good. Um, well, we've okay. done that. So we've talked a lot about many things, uh, but there's something that we brought up very early on that we need need to just finalise, and that is a, a constant debate mm. in the Bowie Bowie community, which is I said in the first episode that I always used to call him Bowie. And it's it's clear that I am the renegade. I am the unorthodox here. Uh, I am the Sephardi rather than the Ashkenazi. <laughs> That's a Jewish joke for anyone. Uh, but I think that I did used to call him Bowie. But Bowie is the accepted orthodoxy. But then me and Tim met, because we actually meet apart from this sometimes, uh, and still talk about David Bowie. And he pointed something out, which is that, of course, Duncan Jones, uh, Bowie's son, was originally called, and I'm going to say this, Zowie. So if he was called Zowie, then therefore it's Bowie, because he would not have been called Zowie Bowie, because it's not a rhyme. Unless he, of course, was called Zoe, which is very unlikely, because that's a girl's name. So, Tim, so what's your thoughts on no, that? No, and I, 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 and in fact, I remember, I don't know if I've said this to you, I remember seeing you at the V&A doing one of those panels after Bowie had yeah, died. Yeah, I did. And you were on a panel with, I think, Gary Kemp and... Gary yeah, Kemp and uh, 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 the bloke Robert from Radio Elms. London. Radio, Robert, yeah, Elms. Yeah, Robert Elms. Yeah, Robert Elms. And I remember enjoying that. And But the, I remember you saying Bowie, and I thought, you seemed like, with all respect to the other two, like you really were a proper fan. Yeah. But you were also saying Bowie, and it yes. sort of threw me and, and made me question... Um, Everything about yourself. Well, just that, actually. Just the pronunciation <laughs> of Bowie, <laughs> okay, to be honest. Right, okay. Um, but um, okay, so but but, but so, you were also the one who brought up the Zowie yeah, conund- no, well, I, conundrum. I, well, this is what I mean. I suppose I suppose uh, there was a to quote the great man a sense of doubt yes. about the way that could um, go. Possibly. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I, and and so there's a sense of doubt about his name, which then made me think. Well, yeah, as you say, well, if he called his son Z O W I E, hmm. it must be Zowie. Which, that must be Zowie. Which, yeah, because but uh, yeah. well, so you'd think. But in the I mean, I know seat, Duncan right a what, bit. What does he say? Well, I can ask him. You never said, yeah, you never brought it up. Well, because he calls himself Duncan. I, I worried it's a bit dead naming, like Not with a Duncan. trans person, <laughs> to call him Zoe or indeed Zowie. Oh, Do you, you felt I mean? like... To bring it up. Yeah, you'd never say what did you... Yeah, yeah. I could, I'm sure I could ask him, but I, uh, I say I'm sure. I'm not sure. No, because... Because I don't know him that well. When did he, ch- as far as you know, when did he stop calling himself... Z- Zoe, Zoe, Zoe. When, Zoe. When did that stop? I don't like, know. Like, mm. But okay, have you got you've got some info on this? So what we found, uh, I mean, if you want to sort things out, obviously go to YouTube for the absolute yeah. um, uh, gospel on this. So there's someone's put up a some clips which is just literally answering or attempting to answer this conundrum, 
And I've got to break it to you, it falls down very heavily on the Bowie side, including, I think I'm right in saying as we play this, a reference to Zowie, who he says is called Zoe. Oh. So he says, so, but okay. there's a sting in the tail, as ever, okay. with the dame. So yeah. let's see. So I'm going to play this now. Have a listen. And how do you say your son's name? Zoe. Your son's name is Zoe Bowie. Yeah. My name's David Bowie. This is David Bowie singing Golden Years. I'll be David Bowie. Oh, I'm David Bowie. I live down the road. Oh. Is this the real David Bowie? <laughs> the world is going to die, says David Bowie. So, so there's, there's no there's, question, there's it's Bowie. There's a clip. Well, <laughs> I think that's fairly straightforward. Well, hang on, there's a clip with it. There's a there's Bing Crosby clip there, I think it's on the Dick Cavett show, yeah. um, and one or two others that uh, are... Oh, the Bing Crosby clip. We could have a whole episode on the Bing oh, Crosby well, clip, well, we but should, let's we not should. even go into it yet. Yeah. It's odd, Bing Crosby was party to the greatest haircut ever in the history of the world, and we yeah. could maybe do a whole thing on Bowie haircuts at we, some we point. Can. But, but um, so, so there he is, apparently, saying his son was called Zoe and calling himself Bowie. But as ever with... Bowie, yeah. there is a sting there's in the tail. There's a, well, there's a contradiction and there's um, there's always a question mark with him. So okay. in the interview, which you, I'm sure you would have seen on Newsnight yeah, with, Jeremy with Paxman, Paxman. He, this comes I up know, again. I know, I've seen that and he's, and he's a bit like, well, it's right. up to you. So let's just have a listen to that. But, I mean, David Bowie himself is an invention. I mean, do you think of yourself as Bowie or David Jones, the boy from South London? Uh... Less and less as, as Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. <laughs> how are we I don't to even know how it? to pronounce it anymore. I've lost track. Uh, I always thought it was Bowie. I thought, well, it's a Scottish name, must be Bowie. But nobody in Scotland pronounces it like that. Pronounce it Bowie, I think. That's so, very interesting. So, in a way, he's sort of slightly doing the you can't read me, who am I, what am I? But he does say, I always thought it was Bowie in that, doesn't well, he? he? That's interesting. He clearly. Bowie is clearly how he thought of himself, and even go, that's very good that you managed to say he called the son Zoe. And I wonder if that's because Zoe, the name Z O E, wasn't that current then. Do you see what I mean? Yes. So that the issue of like, well, I can't call him Zoe, it's like calling him Dafty or whatever, that wouldn't have occurred to him because Zoe is not really a current name in 1970 or whatever. How old is Zoe Wanamaker? Older than Duncan Jones, so I'm wrong about no, that. No, no, I just think she would be. So, but but I don't know but that David still, Bowie really thought about Zoe one he definitely did. that much. He definitely did. Quite a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I tell you what another collage could be done, which would be really interesting, which would be the introduction of Bowie, stroke Bowie, on top of the pops and all sorts of programmes in the 70s. And I bet lots of people called him Bowie. Mm. I think well, I think he, he was called Bowie, not necessarily by himself, but by more people, uh, and then later it became clearer that he called himself Bowie and so people adopted that. But I think it was more of a split in the 70s. It's weird, you don't see so many of those Top of the Pops intros anymore, I notice. You don't see them as anything mm. like you used to. It's odd, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Although if you do see them, they've probably got people like David Bowie on them rather than anyone from the modern era. I've often thought, I did this once on my um, thing, uh, which was banned by the BBC, Don't Make Me Laugh, uh, one of our rounds was, because uh, we always had these rounds which were... There is nothing funny about, and we would always choose a funny subject. And yeah. one of them was, there was nothing funny about. There is nothing funny about the fact that there is a bloke at BBC Four whose job it is to go through old episodes of Top of the Pops right. and weed out the sex offenders. Mm. And that round caused so much trouble uh, with the BBC. I remember them phoning me on holiday and saying we're going to have to take this out and that out, blah blah blah. That they forgot 
that the next episode included a round which was there is nothing funny about the fact that Her Majesty the Queen must have had sex at least four times. And that went straight through, was put out on the Amazing. day of the Queen's 90th birthday, and the show then got banned for that. I remember so there's a moral banned. there somewhere. There is, and also that tells you something was slightly strange about the inward nature of big organisations like the BBC. Yeah. They're just literally worried about their own, yeah, exactly. understandably, and not thinking about a bigger issue, right? A bigger issue. Is, yeah. well, they certainly thought about it once it'd gone out and got 300 complaints. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're so left with that. I think we can go out on that. And I think maybe uh, I would say, as a result of having discussed that at length, there's an obvious song we can play. It doesn't tell you the, <laughs> it doesn't answer the question because it doesn't tell you the name, this song, of Bowie's son. Uh, and if he had sung it, uh, then it would have finally put all that to rest. But never mind, it's a beautiful song. Thank you very much for listening. Will you stay in a lover's story? If you stay, you won't be sorry Cause we believe in you Soon you'll grow So take a chance with a couple of coots Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.